Welcome back to a freshly squeezed episode of the Flowscape podcast. And today we have a very special episode uh, and a very special guest. As most of you know, um, if you're listening to this, because um, I played with most of you, um, I spent the last two summers playing um, in a summer league in Israel um, with with a lot of good people um, and in a great culture. Um, and it's a it's a it was a very um, amazing time uh, of my life um, that I hope to continue um, one day. Um, but as all of you know who, who are listening to this, um, there have been some tragic events that occurred over there um, and that are still going on, um, hence the war that is happening there, um, and hence why a lot of uh, people that I played with um, are either fighting or have fought before or are back home um, when they would really like to be there. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a rough time for um, all of us that were a part of that league and played together, um, regardless of of what team were we on. So uh, in, in, in light of that, um, we wanted to bring you um, a special guest. Um, he played in the league uh, specifically with Batyam, um, but he's got um, some, some good, um, I wouldn't say good, but he's, he's got some stories that are leading to a, a good cause and a great cause um, and some, some really good things that he is doing right now currently. Um, and so we want to welcome on um, IHL veteran um, Jacob Churchborn. So Jacob, um, thank you for being. First of all, thank you for being here with us today. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's good to be on the show. It's really good to share the stories. People need to know what's going on over there. And you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of things coming out that, and it's hard to understand. You know, it's a complex conflict. So I hope I can. I hope I can shed some light on it and tell some tell some stories as well as have a little bit of fun. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think, I think, um, we as hockey players can, um, I think we always find a silver lining and in, in through sometimes, you know, um, just c comedy and being with the boys and smiles and, and, and making people laugh and, and whatever it is. Um, but, but before we get into that, the, the, if you're wondering, wow, Jacob didn't get much of an intro. The reason, um, I didn't give Jacob much of an intro is I'm going to let Jacob do his own little intro about himself right now. Um, because, it's important that he has a voice in a time where so many people um, don't um, and, and are being silenced um, and are, and are being brutalized for, for their beliefs. Um, and so I thought it was important for Jacob just to have his own intro. Um, and so I want Jacob to just, Jacob, just let everybody know, um, you know, who you are, where you're from, where you grew up, what you're about, um, what led you eventually to to go to Israel and then obviously become a part of this this great hockey league that that we we got to play in, um, and then we'll get in into the more um, you know um, harder parts of of what's going on with with everything right now. Um, and yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I'm originally from vast North Carolina, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I was a military kid growing up. My dad was in the army and special forces for. 30 plus years. So we kind of moved all over the place, but uh, settled down on a cattle farm in North Carolina. So I grew up, you know, feeding animals, hunting, you know, whole nine yards. And then I played hockey from when I was like six years, six years old. We had a rink on the base. It's one of three rinks on in any military bases, U.S. military installations. There's one at West Point, one in Alaska, and then one in this random town in North Carolina. But how I got into hockey. Um, I'm Jewish, but not much of a background growing up. Didn't really do anything because of where we live. I uh, kind of started rediscovering it as I got older, embracing it more, you know, kind of in high school age, kind of getting more involved in the community. 
ended up going to, to college at North Carolina State actually to play lacrosse, which I played in high school, got recruited to go play at NC State, and then spent about two years there. I was able to get a, a degree uh, in, in sport management and then uh, in business administration, and then uh, got this amazing opportunity to go to Israel to work with the Israel Lacrosse Association, where I was a youth coach, still am to this day, in Ashkelon. So Ashkelon is a city in southern Israel. It's about 18 kilometers from the Gaza border. Um, it's kind of the part of Israel that uh, people forget about. You know, everybody loves Tel Aviv. Everybody loves Netanya, Jerusalem. Nobody really talks about the South. And that's kind of why I went down there because those kids, you know, they don't get the same opportunities as everybody else does. So I went down there to be a coach. Um, love the kids that I coach. We literally grassroots efforts, go into schools and get kids to come play lacrosse, you know, like throw a stick in their hand and like be like, hey, this is something you want to try, you know, come out to practice. Um, we actually have a national training center facility down in Nashville on three shipping containers. One of them's a weight room. One of them's a lounge. One of them's storage and a turf field. So it's a pretty nice setup. Uh, and then my first year in Israel was the second summer of the IEHL. And I got reached out to by Tall because I had played uh, – Tall's the commissioner of the league. And I, I played um, in, like, the Israeli Federation League. Um, just so people have a, have a background on that, um, it's a league that runs through the winter um, in Israel. It's not just played in the summer. Um, but those teams, if you win that championship, you can actually qualify to go – play other teams from around the world that have won their federation leagues as well. So it's actually a pretty big deal to a lot of the people and hockey players in Israel. Um, just to just give everyone in the background, it is a, that is a, a very big deal over there. Um, it's actually a bigger deal than, than our summer league. Um, I, I, I would say um, that it's taken very, very seriously. Um, I, I think, I think a lot of the talent leaves after the summer, but that's th a, it's a very, very big deal to win that federation and to, and to compete with those other teams that do. So I apologize, Jacob, continue, um, continue your, um, st your background, your introduction, your, your, your story for everybody. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. It's, I would say it's a slightly bigger deal and, uh, people take it a little bit more seriously. The games are a little bit more intense. You know, the summer is kind of, you know, it's a lot of talent, but it's more so for fun. Whereas with, um, with the Federation League, it is very intense. Guys want to win every game. They're out there putting it on the line. So it's a, it's a good time. But, uh, I was, I was able to get the opportunity to play in that league, uh, my first year living in Israel. Kind of went to, a, would say, a dumpster fire <laughs> after that, but um, uh, it was a good, it was a good first season. I had an incredible experience, um, and I was like, I definitely want to come back. And now I've played for two seasons in the uh, in the IHL with Bot Yum. Um, played with a lot of good guys, Jake Nowry, Cam Angus, a bunch of good guys, and uh, you know, Cam's been on the pod before, I believe. So he's a he's a great dude, but. Um, We've had uh we've it's been yeah you just shouted out uh, two two absolute two absolute beauties you just shouted out there um Jake Jake has been on as well he was on with Itzik um and uh, he, he yeah Jake is if you don't if you have not listened to that episode you need to go listen to it. and and Cam's is, is is very funny as well um so good name drops there uh, uh Jacob so <laughs> yeah yeah Jake's uh Jake's a firecracker man to say the least. Um, but yeah, it was a good squad, uh, you know, 
the local Israelis, they love coming out to the games. It's, it's a whole atmosphere. And uh, a lot of my friends weren't even into so uh, it's a it's it's a good time. Um, then after that, you know, I kind of just I've gotten the opportunity through lacrosse, through sports to just kind of travel around the world. Uh, I've been super lucky. I played for the Israeli national box lacrosse team uh, in Prague this past spring. Um, was able to play with the Gold Star Tel Aviv team, which is like the affiliate, and uh, we had a great time. It was a, it was a great tournament. Uh, been able to travel. To a bunch of different tournaments. Um, it's been great. Cyprus, Italy, all over the place. And uh, really, really would have never gotten these opportunities if I didn't, uh, if I didn't move to Israel. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, that, that was, that was what my life was before October 7th was I was coaching youth lacrosse, traveling the world, having a good time and then playing hockey in the summer. Yeah, um, that's that's like you said. I I think everybody before that day, even even for you know us us quote unquote tourists that that come there for the summer, um, even though we spend a good amount of time there, I I think it it was it was it was a beautiful life for a lot of us. Um, you know, for those that don't live there and come back to the states, um, for for during the year to work and and things like that, um. It, it is, I can tell you, um, and I can tell everybody out there, um, our, our close knit group of guys that, that we have, as far as group chats go, um, it is the minute we leave, it's the first thing we talk about and we wish we were back. Um, it is a magical, magical place. It is a beautiful place. Um, if I were a billionaire, I would live there actually in a heartbeat, um, just because of, the culture and the way of life and the food and just the health and um, just, yeah, just everything about it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately I could, there's no way I could, I could afford to, to live the life I would want to, <laughs> I would want to live uh, uh, there. Um, but um, li- like I said, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very coveted lifestyle that, that a lot of us um, hold dear when we're not there um, and we wish we got more of it. Um, but like you said, that is now going to to change at least for a while. Um, and so I want I want to get into um, that day. Um, and I, you know, I know it may be hard. Um, so you 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 talk about what you want, um, and um, just explain to everyone um, where you were um, whenever it first occurred, um, what your initial response was, what your initial thoughts were. Um, and then, you know, just the events that you were a part of after learning in, in real time what was actually going on and happening in these communities across the South, because you were in 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 the South and in a part of, of those communities. So, you know, just take it from here and just kind of explain, you know, that that day. So um, so I'll just start by saying that um, uh, in the South, it's normal to have conflicts. It's normal to have rockets. It's something that just kind of happens in the Ashkelon, Starot, Eshdod area. That's pretty normal. Um, you know, and they, there's, there's rockets sent over from Gaza all the time. And it's an unfortunate reality that everybody that lives down there, especially the kids, they're taught from a young age. You know, you hear the siren, you run to the bomb shelter. And in Ashkelon, I believe you have uh, 30 seconds to get into the bomb shelter before the rocket makes impact or the iron dome goes up and intercepts it. And in Starot, which is the closest populated city to the border, you have 15 seconds, which is, 
it, it, it's, it's, you know, that's really hard to fathom in a way, 15 seconds to run to a shelter. That's why down there there's shelters all over the place. Like where I coach in Starode, I coach a youth team at their field. There's bomb shelters all around the field. So if we're having practice and there's a rocket, you can get to one as quickly as you can. Um, but you know, it's pretty normal. We're used to it. Um, it happens, but we were not used. We'd never seen anything like October 7th. So I'll just get into where I was on that day and what happened. So I was in a moshav called Givati. A moshav in Hebrew means like a village. And we have which are like farm lives in the same community, but everybody makes their own profits. And then we have kibbutzim which are farming communities where all the profits go into one thing and everybody spreads it equally. So I was in a moshav and it's very peaceful out there. It's really quiet. You know, you're out with a bunch of animals, a bunch of fields. It's one of my favorite places in the world. But I was there at my, my then girlfriend's house um, and we were awoken 6 a.m. exactly to sirens. And we were like, oh, well, um, sorry, excuse me, 6.30. But we were like, okay, well, uh, let's go to the bomb shelter. You know, our, our, our main thing was kind of like, oh, man, waking us up at 630 in the morning. Thanks, Hamas. You know, like, really appreciate it. So we go to the bomb shelter and we're like, all right, wait it out. So usually to wait like 10 minutes until you leave. So we, we waited out. And we're like, all right, thank God. Get to go back to bed. And then we got another alarm. And we were like, oh, man, they're really, really shooting them at us today. Then we get another alarm. Then another alarm. And it was, it just was nonstop. And that's something where I started to get a little bit concerned, but everything changed when we started hearing automatic gunfire in the distance. That's when that moment clicks in your brain. Like what is going on? This is, this is not normal. Check my phone and a group chat that I'm in a bunch of videos are being sent. There's Hamas terrorists inside of the city of Sterod. There's Hamas terrorists um, streaming through the, the border fence. They're, they're flying in on hang gliders. They're going door to door to different homes and houses. And we immediately realize like, this is an extremely dangerous situation. They could be here at any minute, you know? And the number one question you have is where's the army? Where are they? You know, like where, 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 like it's supposed to be the most secure border fence in the world. Where are they? And, they, the Hamas was just able to kind of just to walk on in. So we had to make the decision. What are we going to do? How are we going to keep ourselves safe? Everybody grabbed the kitchen knife and everybody locked themselves in the bomb shelter. And the thought process kind of really was, you know, like we're going to sit here and we're going to, if they come in, we're just going to do our best to fight them off. But if we die, we die kind of thing. And it's, that's a really horrible thing to have to think, especially when you're sitting there with a nine-year-old and a 16-year-old. My, my girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time is two siblings and the nine-year-old is crying her eyes out. She doesn't know what to do. She's, she's, she doesn't know what's going on. We were kind of trying to, you know, not freak her out by telling her what was happening, but it, it's just seeing that no kid should ever have to experience that ever. And it was, it's, it was truly, we truly kind of accepted, okay, if they, if they come, they come, we'll try to fight them off. If we can't, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, you know, I guess this is what God's chosen. Um, luckily for us, when they, when they did get into our Moshav, 
uh, the police were able to eliminate them. Luckily, we lived a little bit where we were a little bit northern of uh, the cities like Sturout or the kibbutzes like Berri or um, near Oz, the places that got hit really bad. But we were a little bit uh, further north, so the police were able to get down to us faster. And there was a big gunfight right outside the entrance to our Moshav, and the police were able to eliminate the terrorists. But that is the closest, you know, that I personally have ever come to death, I would say. It's, you know, like there, it, it's, it, it's, we were fully accepting the fact that we could die, which I never thought, you know, I'm 22 years old. I never thought I would, you know, think that. And uh, it was something that really had an impact on me. And I felt in the days afterwards that I was truly lucky to be alive. And I was put here for kind of a purpose. Like, hey, like if they, you know, I lived and a lot of other people didn't in that area. Um, if you've seen the, 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 uh, the stats, it's, it's horrible. So in the days afterwards, everybody's saying, what do we do? What do we do? What are we going to do? How are we going to help? How are we going to make a difference? Because, you know, 360,000 reservists were called up in the days following the attack to the reservists in, in Israel. We have a standing army, which are about 20,000 soldiers. And then we have a reserve army, which everybody to the age of 50 in Israel it goes back maybe like once or twice a year to train to be in the army in case of something like this happens. So 360,000 reservists were called up. However, none of them had the proper equipment. So what are we, you know, what are we going to do? It's one common goal, which is an American. That's not something we see very often. And it's kind of hard to fathom. But when you're able to see the Israeli culture and see people gather around something and push towards something, it, it's truly an incredible thing. And the, the resilience of the Israeli people after October 7th is something that I think will go down in history as one of the, the greatest comebacks in history. Jews are resilient, but I think it just was proved again how resilient Jews are. So. Yeah. So first, I want to I want to start off by um, saying you, you know, you're, you're a better man than me. I don't know how I would have reacted um, in a situation like that, um, especially being as young as you are. I'm, th I'm 31, Jacob. And, um, you know, just uh, the, the fact, you know, hearing you explain that you were accepting at your age um, that you were, you were going to die is, is very hard to hear um, because when I look back on when I was your age um, between then and now, um, I, I, I've done a lot as far as <clears throat> what I've seen and, and fun I've had and hot played and, and friends that I've made. Um, and so that, that's, that's really hard to hear, but, but first and foremost, you know, we're all very, very glad that you are here and that you made it through that. And you are hundred percent correct. You're very lucky to be alive. Um, and, and that's, you know, to hold on to it in a positive way. Um, you know, um, and, 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 and you're 100% correct in, in the way that you're doing that and that you were put here and you were spared for a reason. Um, and that, that is to help people, which is, which is what you're doing. Um, so let's get into your, your campaign that you are a part of right now. Um, um, let's, let's dive a little bit more into it. Um, because as you were talking about it kind of at the beginning there, there were some audio issues, but you kicked back in. So I didn't want to cut you off. Um, so explain to everybody exactly, 
um, how you are getting those supplies. First of, first of all, the name of your, 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 your campaign, how you're getting the supplies, um, where the donations go, how people can donate the whole thing. Um, and, and just explain to everybody what exactly you are fundraising for, um, and, and give everybody the background on the amazing work that you're doing right now. Yeah. So in the days afterwards, um, I kind of just asked myself, like, what can I do? How can I help? Um, I'm not in the army yet. You know, I'm supposed to draft later this year. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I got a text from a friend being like, hey, my buddy down at this base needs um, a camelback and some food and he doesn't have enough socks and some other stuff. So I was like, hey, man, I got a, I got a car. Let's load some stuff up and let's go. So me and a friend of mine, Sammy Zemmel, we just started driving around the country and, you know, he was in, you know, he was armed. He's an ex uh, Israeli paratrooper. So he's, you know, he's got his gun on him and I got the car and we grabbed a bunch of supplies and we just started driving everywhere. We started driving down South to the Gaza border. We started driving up to the North in Lebanon. We started driving just to as many bases as we could to get our friends what they wanted and what they needed all the necessary supplies. So these, so pe- a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, the IDF, how do they not have all this proper equipment? How, how do they not have all of these supplies? It's one of the most advanced militaries in the world. Yes, the standing IDF has the proper equipment. That's 20,000 people. These 360,000 reservists that were called up, they're just your average guy. They own a pizza shop. They own a coffee shop. They, they you know, like work on a farm. They are the guy that works at the grocery store. So these are just normal guys that go to training twice a year with their boys and get put in the work and then they go home to be ready for something like this. So they uh, so they didn't have anything they needed, basically. They, were, they showed up to a base. They were given their weapon, a uniform, and told to go jump in that foxhole over there, which is just incredible. And like th- these, these guys, they're so, so brave, but they need better equipment. So we realized there was a need. Guys didn't have bulletproof vests with plates. Guys didn't have uh, bulletproof helmets. Guys didn't have proper boots. Guys didn't have, you know, camelbacks to keep themselves hydrated. Even the basic things like deodorant, shampoo, stuff like that. They didn't have any of that. So we transitioned after seeing this need after everywhere we, we had went from only supplying our friends to we need to, we need to get an effort going here. We need to get as many supplies as we can to as many people as we can. So that's how Sahi Israel was born. That's the name of our, of our organization. We basically just got a fund together, started a donation page, and we were like, okay, people are going to donate if it's a 501c. If it's tax-free, people are more likely to donate. So we got a, a family friend who's a lawyer to get us the certification in the U.S. and Israel. By the way, everybody that's working on this are a bunch of army reservists that are in university right now. So they're like 22, 23. The oldest guy is like 24. So it's basically just a bunch of kids. Shout them out. Shout them out. Yeah. So uh, the team is myself, Sammy Zemmel. He's, uh, He's 23. He studies at IDC Herzliya University. And uh, he's an ex-paratrooper, IDF paratrooper. Hanan Burstein, he's one of the other co-founders. He was in uh, what's called Seir Givati, which means Special Forces Givati Unit in the Army. He's also 23 and a, and a university student. Um, Zach Brown, he was in what's called Seir Kfir, 
which is another special forces unit of the IDF. He's in, he's 23 and he's also in university. And then Yossi Sheldon, and he was in what's called Nahal, which is an infantry brigade in the IDF. So all of these guys are ex-combat soldiers that I know and that, that we kind of just all got together and we're like, we can make a difference here because we know what gear these guys need. As for myself, I graduated from one of the best pre-army programs in Israel. I hadn't, I've not drafted yet, but I went to this program called Sevet Mikey, where they basically just teach you how the army is going to be. And they teach you all the terms in Hebrew. You go through some of those grueling exercises of your life. They teach you basically anything you need to be a soldier. So every, all of us had that knowledge of what soldiers need to fight in combat, which, you know, it's really great to see a lot of donations to a lot of other organizations and people sending things over, but people don't know what you need to fight in combat. Like snacks and stuff are great, but if you don't have uh, level four plates and a vest that can hold your mags, then, you know, you're not going to be able to, to fight the enemy as per se. So that's how Sahi Israel was born. We decided to, you know, we got a 501c certification and we ended up being able to create our fund, create our donation page. And in the past six weeks since our founding, we've raised over $250,000. We've delivered supplies to over 80 locations and we've driven over 9,000 miles. So we've been able to get supplies to just about everywhere in the country to anyone that's asked us for it. We send in shipments almost every day and we're actively raising money every single day. So we, our number one goal is to make sure anybody that wants something can get something. So, so basically what he's saying is your, your, your Ritz crackers are, are taste great, but they don't fucking stop bullets. Um, so it's not, it's, 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 it's great that people send stuff like that, but it's, it's actually not what they, they truly need in terms of life and death and actually fighting a war. Um, so, you know, that all that, all the, the fruit gushers are, are wonderful. Um, and, the, and, and the fruit roll-ups, um, the classic video of, of whoever was trying to sneak in suitcases of fruit roll-ups into Israel last, before last summer. Um, but, um, they don't, they don't help actually winning a war. Um, so, so, so what Jacob's, you know, um, campaign is, is doing is, is getting the actual gear that, that these people need in order to fight, um, terror and, 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 do what's what's necessary as far as life and death situations um and, and being able to live um so so basically what jacob is doing is saving lives fucking people um so um he he's he's an amazing person um and and uh you know we we can't you know thank him enough for for getting it out of the out of that situation um and and, and having the courage and the strength and the bravery uh jacob that you do so um your um so so that people can donate um and and give back to your campaign um and and give what give money to what you guys actually need for these people to be able to fight a war um spell it out for people and where can they go um and and in your opinion what's the biggest way that somebody can contribute yeah so we currently have a website set up in instagram as well as a donation link so Sahi, it stands for, it's in Hebrew, it stands for like rapid response team. So what, what how you spell it in English is T-Z-A 
C-H-I, and then Israel. If you look that up on Google, you'll see our website. There's a Hebrew page and an English page. Uh, you can click on the English page, see everything that we've done, see all about us. And then the donation link is on our website right at the top in big letters. So you're able to see everything that we do. You're also able to click the link. It's all tax-free, tax-deductible. So when you donate, um, you're, you'll get a tax write-off, which is incredible. Um, you, all you got to do is plug in your card information, and then it goes straight to our fund, which we use to buy the gear. And luckily, we have uh, connections with arms dealers that are able to that are getting us discounted things, such as bulletproof vests and helmets and boots and leathermans, all the things that a soldier needs. Your donations go directly into that. Some other nonprofits, um, you know, they're doing great work, but they pay people. We completely do this on our own. We're not getting any money from any of this. Uh, we're kind of throwing money away at it, actually, just to kind of get the guys what they need, because that's the most important thing right now to keep the country safe. And uh, if you and donating, really, it's 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 the best way to help. And then also promoting, following the Instagram. You know, the more followers we get, more people see us. The more big big uh, high value donors want to give us money. So the best way to help is really just to donate get the word out there about it, follow the Instagram and just, you know, support these guys on the ground. That's, that's, that's absolutely um, a fucking amazing. Um, and, um, what you're doing is, is truly great. Um, so, um, it, if just one more time, spell it out for people one more time where they can go donate. So it's T Z A C H I Israel. So Sahi Israel, you can type that into Google and our website will pop up. You'll see it. Um, and there's an English website and a Hebrew website and you can click on the English page. You'll see all of our information and then you can hit that donate button at the top. Amazing. Amazing. Well, hopefully this gets you at least, at least a few donations. I think, I think, you know, once the boys listen, they'll, uh, they'll definitely be going there and, and contributing what they can. Um, Jake might have to give up one bottle of our rock this week, um, in order to, to, to make a donation, but I, I think he's, I think he's, he's capable. Um, so, um, but you know, you know, the boys will take care of you um in one way or another um and and we got your back on this um and and the flowscape podcast um fully supports your movement fully supports israel and and, and what's going on over there um and so so we as a podcast uh the, the boys couldn't make it today um and and i kind of just wanted it to be a little bit of an intimate conversation between me and you um since we you know we've shared the ice together and have lived over there um and um you know, I, I, for, for people out there, I, I remember in group chats with Jacob this summer when we're all at a club in Tel Aviv on the beach drinking. Um, and he's sending everybody, um, text, text messages saying, you know, the, the sirens are going off. Everybody have a good night. And we're, we're looking up into a sky that's absolutely beautiful with no rocket in sight, no siren in, in sight or sound. Um, and, it just makes you makes you realize in real time in the real moment um, how different just kilometers away can be, um, and so um, Jacob is 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 truly a hero in my opinion, um, and and um, what he's doing is in in, in his cause is very heroic. Um, so anybody who who believes that, um, please and as a supporter of that, please go donate. Um, go go f support the Instagram, support support the movement, um, so that we can help. Um, just end terror in general um, and and have people be able to live in harmony regardless of beliefs of religion, sexual orientation or, or whatever have you. Um, and, and that is the point to this interview is just to spread a, a, um, some truth about um, someone from who lived that day 
um, and, and is here doing great things now. So Jacob, again, um, thank you very, very sorry about the audio issues. I'll, I'll do my, I'll do my editing magic. Um, but thank you very, very much for, for being here, um, and, and joining me. Um, it's, it was a pleasure to see you again and talk to you. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, you know, support the people, you know, support this great cause and, you know, end terror in the world. Uh, the guys on the ground fighting, they're doing their best to do it, but they need all the help they can get. So absolutely. Now you're in the States right now. I got to ask, are you playing any, are you playing any puck? Are you, are you swinging the sticks around? Are you throwing some, throwing some lacrosse balls around the backyard? Are you, what are you, what are you doing right now? Just to, just to, in, in your daily life, you know, cause you have to have an escape and and we can't, we can't, you know, work 24 seven and we can't think about the negativity and, and, and all the bad stuff 24 seven. So what are you doing to kind of just, you know, release, release your mind, relax and, and just chill. What do you, what are you up to? Yeah. So I'm playing some puck. I go to two pickup games a week um, on the base uh, about the rank there at the on Fort Bragg. It's a, it's a good spot. Um, you get some good talent out there. A lot of these guys, these, these military guys, you know, they play juniors and they're like, you know, what am I going to do now? Oh, I guess I'll just become an army ranger. So not only are they like in incredible, <laughs> incredible shape, but these guys can freaking play, man. It's crazy. But um, yeah, playing some pods. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. These guys are wild, man. They just show up to the rink. They're like, I was, they're like, what'd you do today? Oh, I jumped out of a plane. What'd you do today? Oh, I, you know, I was driving my own feet. It's like wild, man. Yeah, I actually have a buddy <laughs> who, um, who I played like juniors with. And he ended up going into the 82nd Airborne here in the States. And he's a second lieutenant because uh, he ended up going to school afterwards. But he is – he's such a character, man. He comes out to every stick and puck that he can. And then he's just like, all right, well, I got to be up at 5 a.m. to go uh, go on this jump. It's just – it's crazy, man. Wild, wild. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're that you're skating um, and, 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 playing, and playing hockey and at least finding uh, – being able to find some hours during the week to – to get away from, from all the noise, um, and, and just do what we love, which is, um, and what you love, which is either, either running on a field, um, stick hand on a ball or, or skating on the ice, stick hand on a puck. Um, so, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, very glad that, um, and, and I'm sure you're, you're very, very appreciative of, of still being able, uh, able to do that as, as we know, um, based on the events that happened, there's a lot of people not able to do those things anymore. Um, people that, you know, a lot of us, um, knew and or know people who knew um and it's tough um but i'm i'm glad for you that 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 you're home and safe at least for now um while you're doing something great um and at the same time being able to still do some of the things that you love um so jacob again thank you for uh being here with us today um and um we will be in contact we're going to spread the word um flow skate podcast supports you um and so um yeah we'll, we'll get this spread out um and we'll do the best we can um to to at least help you a, a little bit so again thank you very much and it's it was it was great to see you buddy amazing man thanks for having me on and i truly appreciate all the support for the cause it's gonna be a huge help and uh can't wait to see you at mercyhurst man it's gonna be a good time oh yeah are you are you playing I am playing. Um, so Tall reached out to me and he asked me if we could do a, a collab with the uh, with the foundation. Yeah. So for so for people who don't know, um, with the the um, me and Jacob will be playing for the Israeli select team, um, playing um, an exhibition series um, against Mercyhurst University in January. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna raise some good money for some some good causes and, and again spread the word about some things um, and and play a good hockey team. Um, and so, uh, we're going to need Jacob's young legs out there. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. 
Um, and, uh, and I've turned into more of a roller hockey player now. And, 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 uh, as my, uh, as, as my legs are winding down here. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, now I'm, I'm super pumped up that, um, I'm going to get to see you here in person, um, and not too long. So Jacob again, um, pumped up to get to see you. Um, mercy is going to be a blast. Um, and, uh, again, thank you for being on the flow skate today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. And uh, again, everybody who wants to donate, it's T-Z-A-C-H-I Israel. Just search that into Google. You'll see our Instagram. You'll see our website. And then you can just hit the donate tab and uh, you'll be supporting a great cause. Go do it. Fucking donate, people. All right, Jacob. We'll see you later, buddy. And, and I'll talk to you soon. And I'll actually see you soon. All right. Amazing, brother. See you soon.